I'll go, I'll say, and I'll be what you want me to be. Greetings in the name of Jesus. God is writing a story. It's a blessing. It's a privilege to be a part of that story. He's writing a story in Prairie. Prairie Mennonite, right? Prairie Mennonite. He's writing a story in Curtis's life. God has a plan and a purpose for all of us. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. My prayer often is, God, show me the path. It says, in the path of life, there is joy. There are pleasures forevermore. I want to encourage you, brother, to embrace your calling. All of us have a calling. And it can be a general statement. All of us embrace the calling that God has upon our life. I was working on a construction crew for 33 years, I believe. And I would get so frustrated that I'd be tied up getting up early in the morning, going out on the construction crew, coming home, and then doing the work of the Lord. I wanted to do more things. Nursing home, visitation, DRS work. I just wanted to do more, and I was so frustrated with this Necessary evil of construction work. It came to the point that I started embracing hanging siding for the glory of God. And it was amazing the experiences that God brought into my life. The drywallers, the overhead door people, the delivery men, the people that I met on the job, I don't know why I was so long, so blind to the ministry that God had for me on the construction site. I must confess I spent quite a bit of time visiting with some of these people that my co-workers got frustrated with me, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. By the time I had embraced Hanging siding, God called me away from hanging siding to Christianate ministry. God brought the calling of the role of deacon onto our life, into our life, onto our life. And I struggled with embracing that calling. It took me quite a number of years to embrace that calling. And then our senior bishop wanted to retire. And he knows and God knows I tried my best to tell him I finally am embracing the office of the role of deacon. Why change that? 
We were having prayer meetings Sunday mornings at 6.30. Every Sunday morning, some of us men would meet for prayer at the church, 6.30 in the morning. The morning of the ordination, I was driving up to the church, and I was thinking about today. What is God going to reveal today? How is God going to call today? I don't know if you read the book, Light from Heaven. Joseph experienced a light from heaven, a word from God. And the thought crossed my mind, God doesn't speak to ordinary people like me in that way. I kept driving and there was a beautiful sunrise in the east. I was driving north. I, that is extremely beautiful. And wouldn't you know, God put a cross-shaped cloud in that sunrise. I arrived at church. There was a few brethren standing outside the front door. And I mentioned to them, did you see the beautiful sunrise? They said, yes. They were actually standing there gazing at it. Did you see the cross? They said, no, they didn't see the cross. I'm not sure what that cross means. After prayer meeting, I went home and I told my wife, and she saw the same cross. I didn't know what that cross meant, but God called And the following week, I thought on that cross. And by the grace of God, I'm going to embrace that calling because of the cross of Christ. It's not because of sunlight. I just encourage you to embrace that calling. And I don't know if I would wait long enough to embrace the calling of that God has on my life now, maybe by that time he would move me to another place. I don't know. But no, embrace the calling. It's a blessing. It's, it's an honor to serve God where he has called us. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1 for an introduction I had three points this evening, and there's more than three essentials for leaders, but I have three essentials for leaders, and essentials is an absolutely necessary. It's an extremely important. But here in Joshua, I just want to point out the keys to success. Reading from verse 5 through 9, This was Joshua received the calling to lead the children of Israel. Moses was gone. He was buried. Verse 5 says, These are the blessings upon Joshua. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. 
Only be thou strong and very courageous, and thou that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate thereon day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. The key to success, then, then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So many promises that Joshua received here, but it says the key to good success in verse 8, and then thou shalt have good success. Thou shalt do wisely. Thou shalt be an expert or guide wittingly. Joshua saw how God was with Moses. And here was the promise that God was going to be with Joshua as he was with Moses. It's almost like a no-fail. It's a bulletproof. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong, be courageous. But he gave him, observe the law. Don't turn to the right or the left. The book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. That seems simple enough. But it, it's, it's so real for us as well. We have the promises of the word of God as well. We have sure success promised to us as well. Don't be afraid. The Lord thy God is with thee. Three essentials for leadership. The first one, all right, holiness, humility, and servanthood. And if you are one of those that wants the three H's, you can say helper. Holiness, humility, and a helper or servanthood. Be ye holy, for I am holy. That is found numerous times in the scripture. And it's not only for leaders, but it's an essential for leaders. This exact phrase is, is, is found in the, in the scriptures. Our God is holy and he wants nothing less from us. Dearly beloved, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. And on our calling, we need the presence of God in our life. We are called unto holiness. How can we be a messenger of God if we can't stand in the presence of God? Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. Unconfessed, unrepented of sin will keep us from the presence of God. First Chronicles 28, 9. This is David speaking to Solomon. He said, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, Serve him with a perfect heart. Serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all our hearts, searches all hearts and understands all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. If thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. What does a perfect heart look like? What does a willing mind look like? 
no ill will. Pursuing peace, defenseless, quick to surrender, eager to please God. You can probably name numerous others. How can we serve and minister if we don't have holy relationships with each other, if we aren't current with God and current with our fellow men? You can take this almost into every aspect of life, but how can we expect our children to have good relationships with each other if mom and dad don't? How can we expect the school teachers to have good relationship with each other if the board doesn't? Or the school children if the school teachers don't? You can take it every aspect. How can we expect the church people to function if the ministerial team doesn't? God wants us to live holy lives in our relationship with our fellow man. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. A close relationship with God. Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Or apple of the eye. That phrase is also found numerous times. If you research that in the Hebrew, it is interpreted as the little man of the eye. Or it can be interpreted as the little man of the eye. What does the little man of the eye mean? Have you ever got so close to someone that you could see your reflection in the eye? I, when I was a young school, school age, I was sitting on the dentist chair. And wouldn't you know, I could see my reflection. He was wearing glasses. I could see what he was doing with my teeth in my, yeah, by the reflection on the glasses. And it, that's similar. As the apple of the eye, so close to God that we can see our reflection in in His eye. But having said that, back to the dentist. He discovered what I was doing, and he mentioned it. And the next time he came back, he wasn't wearing glasses. I was disappointed. But no, as close as you can to God, as the apple of my of thine eye. Stay close to God. Ask God to keep you close. I will suggest to you, God will take you seriously. And sometimes he uses very, very unpleasant things to keep us close to him and to bring us back to him. Pure in heart, I have found a good place for revival is in my study. There's other places for revival. Maybe, I don't, I don't know, some of you are more on tractors maybe than in your office or in your study, but on the tractor seat would be a good place for revival as well. Meditate. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ, it was pure, holy, always for the good of others. We sent people across the waters to foreign lands. We give them orientation. 
of what to expect and, and what their role will be. Before we dismiss them, we tell them to stay close to God. Pray. Seek God. Read. If you make a mistake, and you will make a mistake, feel free to message us, call us, let us know. We, the first question we will ask is, did you pray this morning? Did you read your Bible this morning? I usually tell them, if you did, we will be gracious to you and we will work with you. If you didn't, we will be gracious with you and work with you. But the point is how important it is to seek God. During the day when difficult things come my way, I reflect on my morning. Did I pray this morning? Did I pray enough? Did I seek God enough this morning? Did I read? Am I not fasting enough? Am I not seeking God with my whole heart? Is there pride? Is there self-reliance in my life? Just a reflection on where I'm at. Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto all perseverance, with all perseverance and supplications for all saints. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Again, I went to the Greek, and it is interesting that there are three Greek words that are translated to this one word, always. And I'm telling you, always does not do justice to those three Greek words. It is giving yourself wholly, mightily, speedily, uh, an uncertain affinity. It is those three words together mean a lot more than the always. It is so much more. Thoroughly is another word. Take heed unto yourself. Stay current with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Humility. We heard about humility this morning. The modest view of ourselves. A sense of unworthiness. Just one thought. Satan hates humility as much as God hates pride. That was the cause of Satan being, of Lucifer being cast down from heaven. Cast out of the presence of God. Satan hates humility like God hates pride. So that means he wants us to be proud. He hates when we say no to pride. Moses and Paul, Moses was the meekest man. I think Paul was a close second. And I just don't know if I could have a love for people and a meekness that Moses and Paul had. 
There was a point in Moses' life when God said, Moses, I am done with this people. Step back. I am going to get rid of them. And I will make of you a great nation. What an opportunity. Who of you would not have stepped back? All the grief and the work and the... that Moses experienced because of these people. And here was his opportunity to step back, and God was going to get rid of them and make a great nation out of Moses. But he said no. He said, Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me out, I pray thee, out of the book which thou hast written. He offered to take eternal damnation For those people. That was a love and a meekness. Paul said the same thing in Romans in a different way. He said that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse for Christ. From Christ for my brethren. He was saying he would wish that his brethren would be saved. He would take eternal damnation for them. He, maybe he knew it wasn't possible, but I, it's written. Would I be willing to take eternal damnation for my fellow men? Servanthood. Jesus called the disciples unto him and he talked about how the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. But so shall it not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. Whosoever will be chiefest shall be servant of all. For even a son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. I call it the political circus. They make themselves out to be uh, public servants. And maybe they are. We can't see their heart. I don't know what their motive is. I don't know if you want to be chiefest among the people at Prairie. But if you do want to, be the one that ministers. Be the one that serves. And I don't know, maybe God takes that desire to do something great and gives us opportunity to do the menial task, the mopping up. And God help us to take that opportunity and do it. Jesus made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man. He became, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I don't, th- that made himself of no reputation literally means he emptied himself. What did Jesus empty himself up? Of He emptied himself of position in, in, in glory, of his rights. He emptied himself of comfort. And he is our perfect example to follow. A leadership quote here. Leadership is unlocking people's potential to become better. Leadership is about the people that we serve. Leadership is unlocking people's potential to become better. Servant leadership is the only leadership that God desires in his kingdom. We serve each other.
we serve to help each other on in the journey. Here are a few things that I keep reminding myself. And I need to keep reminding myself because I'm human. Serve in humility. Recognize that I also am a needy person. Deeper Life Ministries and Fresh Start offer seminars. Helping people in need seminar. And I think that's a misnomer. Because every time I go, I discover who the neediest person is. I think it should be helping the needy person seminar. I think it's what it should be. But it's a blessing to to sit and to learn. But I discover that I am the most needy person. Don't be a respecter of persons. Don't be exclusive. Never lose your love for people. Be confidential. Be transparent with your own life. Be an example of believers. Somebody asked me something about being busy. We're all busy in our own ways. And I would suggest to you, don't make a big deal out of your busyness because everyone finds things to do and everyone is busy. Um, I have learned that people hesitate to take my time if they know I'm busy. We're all busy. It's just a matter of priorities and how we schedule our time. I know the emphasis has been on you, Curtis. You have been called to the office of deacon. But I truly believe both of you have been called, and I heard you make commitments as well this evening. Let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children and their houses houses well. Even so must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things. Modest, reverent, sober, self-control, orderly, confidential, modest in spirit. Behind every prospering leader is a love, loving companion. Behind every prospering leader is a loving companion. Sister Darlene, I encourage you, assist him, encourage him, accept him. You can make him or you can break him. You can become his most valuable supporter. You can become his most faithful critic. What a blessing to have a faithful, supportive companion that encourages, that blesses, that that critiques. Driving home from a service, you may reach over and... I have a wonderful companion. I'm sorry, you'll have to take second fiddle. Sometimes she reaches over and touches my arm. I appreciate the message or maybe a comment like, uh, that was interesting, it was plain, it was understandable. Sometimes she says, you went too long. Um, Coming home from a meeting, I might hear, you set the tone very well. You weren't 
confrontational. You uh, were gentle. You were patient. Other times, you interrupted. You didn't let him finish what he was saying. You didn't hear what they were saying. They were trying to tell you something. You didn't get it. You may be asked to postpone family plans. You may be asked to wait for your honeydew list to be done, to host, to cook, to do more than your share of work at home, to make phone calls for your husband. The list is endless. First Peter 3, 7 calls you a weaker vessel. God created you sensitive, emotional, relational, sympathetic, possibly more so than your husband. You may become exposed to people's hurts, to their troubles, to their sorrows, and you become attached. You become emotionally attached to the situation. You're sympathetic, you're sensitive. Maybe you'll experience coming home from a meeting, Curtis drops off to sleep, no problem, and you are carrying the hurts of the people. And we call you the weaker vessel, and we expect you to continue to cope and to function as a mother, as a wife, as a companion. I think the women are the stronger people. I encourage you to be a supportive, loving companion. Your husband leader needs you. When troubles come, the world is out to get you, Curtis. Maybe even your fellow ministers are giving you difficulties. Fellow workers, co-workers, church people, if it is right at home, it's going to be all right. A man can take a lot of things if it's right at home. I can't put enough emphasis on the importance of your life, the power that you have to make or to break. I was reading through Nehemiah again this afternoon, and I want to encourage you, read Nehemiah. I call it Nehemiah's recipe. He was in captivity and he received news from Jerusalem. And the response of Nehemiah is such a blessing to me. It says he wept and he fasted and he prayed. And then there was some action. And he motivated. That's the recipe. Weeping, fasting, praying, and then motivating. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Curtis, seek after holiness. Seek after humility. Seek after being a servant of Jesus Christ. God bless you.